Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and everyone's favorite mail-in ballot witness. And by everyone, <laughs> I mean my mom. <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who is a certified backyard hang enthusiast. Yes. It was a very difficult test to get those credentials, let me tell you. (laughs) On Matter of Fat, we're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. And this episode is particularly great because it is sponsored by the Rose Academy of Burlesque. But more to come about that later. Uh, But first, the The fat fat dish. It's time for the fat dish, where we share or dish about what's going on with us. Okay, Soraya, what's hot? What's new in your life? What's hot? What's new? Uh, As alluded to in the intro, I've been doing a a lot of very excellent backyard hangs. Um, I don't know if anybody else has clued into some backyard hangs, but I highly recommend it. Also, that's facetious. I'm sure many people are doing backyard hangs. (laughs) Um, But I just am so... So glad that I have friends, A, who have backyards that I can hang out in, and B, uh, we can talk about really heavy things, we can talk about silly things, and I'm just so grateful where I'm at in life and with the people who are there. So yeah, that's what's hot and new in my life, and I guess, okay, so this time of year always feels like back to school because it it is back to school, Yeah, but I think... Being outside and having like bonfires is also a part of that. And I I know it's probably not like just a Midwest thing, but there is something about coming back from your friend's house with your hair smelling like smoke and just being like a little bit cold, (laughs) just like a little (laughs) bit too cold for comfort, but not quite too cold. So um, I think, yeah, that's my little poetic reminiscence of, you know, high school bonfire hangouts cute uh, yeah well we had an outdoor hang recently we had some oh grand catch but not in a backyard i can't believe i left that out yes we did not hang out in a backyard we hung out in a triangle <laughs> um and it's important that you know this because we went to it's called the crocus triangle it's in saint paul and we like i went and snatched up our order and it was delicious it always is love grand catch and we met up at this cute little, I think it was just like a mistake in the urban planning. Like Likely. Like know, <laughs> know how to make the streets yep. meet. So it's just this triangle in this neighborhood. And so we were in one corner picnicking and then each other, the other corners were claimed too by other people. And it was very cute. It was very cute. Yeah, that was a great place to, that was a great place to go eat. As much as I'm loving these outside hangouts, I'm worried about the winter. Oh, isn't that the truth? And that's like the most Minnesotan way to be like, well, winter's <laughs> coming. This is great, but we know it's coming. I am Jon Snow and winter is coming and I'm scared. I mean, Minnesotans and Midwesterners are creative. And so I'm sure I'll find a way to enjoy being outside, but I'm a little scared. I don't know. That's real. I've also been loving backyard time, primarily with my besties who have a great backyard. But we've been thinking about the same thing. Like, this is only we can only do this for so long. It's going to get pretty nippy at some point here. Um, 
and I, I mean, but yes, I think we'll get creative. I mean, I've been thinking like, should I bring my elect- electric blanket and an extension cord? Like, how can no, we make girl. this work? <laughs> Watch out for the memosas if you're gonna do. <laughs> but I, oh, no, okay, you're on to something though. Maybe not like the electricity part, but like, <laughs> I think having very comfy layers yeah. is incredibly important. Yep. And I'm also realizing this because I don't have like comfy sweatshirts. Yeah. Is this? I think it might be like. Um, here's my conspiracy theory. It's a fat single status thing, right? Like I can't steal anybody's hoodies because I'm not cuffed. And also like even if I was, maybe they're not fat and then I wouldn't steal their hoodie anyways. So I, I'm there's... I'm here for this. I'm here for this breakdown. <laughs> for this QAnon conspiracy no. theory. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, that is not what not we're quite here for, It's not on that level. No. It's not the right podcast. Um, okay, but this also came to mind. One, it's getting colder. Two, yes. uh, I, like my mom and I, have been going on these yeah. really sweet walks on the weekend to try out different parks around the Twin Cities. And she rolled up, this lady... Rolled up repping Hamlin University. Okay, just on his Jan, I, was I like, love okay. that. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that looks great on you. I have no swag. She has sweatshirts for both of my schools, and I have zero sweatshirts <laughs> for any of my schools. So I was like, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I should invest in some comfortable layers that also rep my alma mater. Yes. So I got some for my grad program, which. I'm really excited about those look very comfy. And then I, I trotted on over to the Hamlin bookstore website. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Kat and I are both pipers. Go pipes. Go pipes. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> such conviction. Um, so I went on there and I, and I was like, okay, I want something like loose, comfy. So I was looking at three X sizes and there's only like, maybe three items they are not cute and that's the biggest size that they go up to when you mentioned this I went on the website and I was also just appalled like there is it's like a sweatshirt a a crew neck sweatshirt and then some golf t-shirts like it is (laughs) and then and for 3xl to be the largest size like hello bodies come in sizes larger than 3xl thank you and as much as I love golfing, I do not want those golf shirts. No polos I, for you? No, <laughs> like, like active dry fit polos? <laughs> it just makes me so sad because, Helen, you have fat students right. and alumni, and I have never wanted to show my affiliations before, and, and now I do, especially now that I can, and... I don't know that I really want to after seeing this. Oh, well, and I mean, like, Hamlin, hello. You have two fat alumni of note who have their (laughs) very own podcast about fat stuff. I guess I just, yeah, I'm really disappointed about this, too. Oh man, I don't. Okay, alumni of note. I don't know that I'm an alumni of note. <laughs> are you? You are though, girl. You need to tell the people. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so I I won a little Hamlin award. Um, uh, it's apparently an award that's like given uh, from the alumni association. Um, the one they awarded me with is called the First Decade Award, and it goes to folks like within the first ten years after they graduate who have done what they would deem as extraordinary work in their field or volunteer. Activities. And they gave it to me, which is great. Also, I graduated like exactly 10 years ago. So I don't know what list I was on. They're like, okay, these people are phasing out. Let's see if we can get any of them in here. 
my god they're not checking a phase out list you deserve this you've done so many wonderful things and that's so exciting you're so kind thank you and and i truly am like a pretty big hamlin cheerleader i really love our alma mater i mean in spite of our newly established sweatshirt beef <laughs> sweatshirt beef we've got skirt steak and oh my sweatshirt beef on the menu <laughs> <laughs> Beef as in grievances, thank Girl, you. That's so funny. Okay, oh, but God. how do we <laughs> going back to your award? How do we celebrate this award? So I think in non-COVID times there would have been like a thing at Alumni Weekend. So I think there'll be a thing in person next year or something. Oh my god, you're right. Okay, so I was actually able to attend the ceremony for my good friend Rachel Johnson who also received this award oh. um, at like an alumni weekend. Yes, yes, yes. And it's so lovely. And I can't wait to be there for you. Very bold of me to assume that you're going to fight you, you can But like I'll be like cheering and yelling and like videotaping you getting up there to accept the uh, award. Well, that is very sweet of you. And I'm even more honored to have won this if Rachel won it previously. That's so awesome. I know. Rachel Johnson's a badass. Is- and you're a badass. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. At a future time, we will celebrate. Um, but... Let's think more about current, current, our current reality. Uh, Sorry, what else has been going on with you? Uh, well, currently, I have been spending a lot of time with NLC selections. So we are in the busy process of, of selecting folks for the 2021 cohort. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to say I am constantly impressed with how many cool people are in the Twin Cities I mean, I don't even know about these people and they're just doing really great things regardless of how they, you know, engage with NLC in the future. I just feel so good to know that my neighbors are making the world a better place. Oh, yeah. And um, also just really impressed with my co-chairs and the co-directors for the NLC Twin Cities chapter because there's just so much thought and energy and time that goes into this. It's all volunteer and I'm just I'm enamored. I love it. Thanks, Kat. I blame you. Oh, well, I will take the blame. Um, And I just, I want to shout you out because I know there's just been so, so, so much work going on right now for this, like, time um, of selections. And I know you've been really putting a lot of time into it. So props to you for that. And also, it's just, like, so nice to hear you talk about how many good people there are, are out there. It is always just so, oh, it's, like, heartening to know, like, how many really, like, with it cool radical people making positive change in our community there are so that's just so Mm -hmm. lovely that you get to interact with even more folks yeah it makes me feel better i hope it makes you cat and like other people feel better to know that that's happening yeah um also like you've been working very hard my dear thank you um always working hard (laughs) so like other than backyard hangs what else have you been up to um okay not work related um but so good also an outdoor thing i got to see my mom oh becky for the first time all year we've been like really covid safe so we haven't spent any time together um but we decided to do a little outdoor socially distanced hang we met halfway between her where she lives and where i live so like we both kind of drove like an hour um to (laughs) wisconsin yikes (laughs) center of the coronavirus right now in the u.s um so i guess it also sort of informed like how, why we were so careful we didn't even hug or anything but 
I, as I alluded to earlier, I got to be the witness on her Wisconsin mail-in ballot, and it was just such an honor. Oh, my God. That is so precious, especially... Uh, I just feel like uh, relationships are just generally harder with COVID for yeah. like, lots of different reasons, especially if you're taking it seriously. It becomes mm-hmm. really difficult. But what a beautiful two-for-one. You got to hang out and support democracy. I love it. So good. Oh, yeah. That was like the highlight of my week, maybe my month. That was so good. Um, but there has been other good stuff going on. Like I recently have been interviewed for a couple podcasts, which has been – It's just, like, very cool to be the one, like, to have the roles reversed, you know, and to be, like, answering questions. People ask such good questions. And, I mean, I hope that's how our guests feel when they're on our podcast. (laughs) Um, But it's just, like, I mean, some of these questions are, like, journal prompts. I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. Let me, like, you know, let me ponder that. Um, One of the podcasts came out recently. So I will tell you about that so our folks can go listen if you're interested. Um, It's called the Being Balanced Podcast. And my friend CG, kind of old friend from New Orleans, um, CG hosts it. Uh, She has a brand um, about being balanced, not busy. Um, And so that's what this podcast is all about. It was cool because I got to talk like about my thoughts about balance, but then really talk about body positivity and fat liberation and like, I don't know, spoiler alert, if you want to save more hours in your day, stop counting calories. Maybe you'll feel better about life Um, and kind of get to share those little bits of wisdom. Uh, Yeah. But I think overall, like what's been so fun about these, um, all of the interviews that I've done recently is just that they've got me thinking. And one person mentioned, they were like, you know, Kat, you're in your third year of your shop. Like we just celebrated three years, uh, our brick and mortar business birthday at Cake. And then also like we're in the third year of our, of our podcast here. And so it's just kind of cool to be able to like recognize while it might be bittersweet to be celebrating these things in a pandemic, like it is still mark of time and like accomplishment moving by and that feels really good yeah and you are on three podcasts this year outside of matter of fact yeah three 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 baby you're taking over the airwaves (laughs) everywhere you turn in you're gonna hear cat wow it's me it's me it's me (laughs) (laughs) okay well only one is out so far and i will be sure to link it for y'all so you can listen if you'd like (laughs) yeah i can't wait to listen um yeah, I guess. Okay, so we've caught up pretty well. You didn't have anything else to share, did no, you? No, that's all. That's how I kind of feel. So this is the point in our fat dish where we do news and recommendations. And I don't really have any recommendations to share. Do you have any, cat? No, I would actually not recommend anything I've been watching <laughs> lately. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been watching. You just don't want anybody else to go down that. Yeah. Most of the things I'm watching, I just would not, no, don't need my stamp of approval. (laughs) That's fair. I don't know. We all need to have lulls sometimes. Um, Speaking, I mean, of lulls in general, the news. Yeah. I. Okay. So as far as news goes, the Twin Cities is dealing with the fact that Derek Chauvin is out on bail and the National Guard was called in again because, of course, people need to protest this. Yeah, I just like we're all very unhappy about this. But also, I mean, I don't feel very surprised. And I'm it's just like, how can law enforcement not see that they're kind of like playing themselves here, you know? Mm, Yes, exactly. Like so much money, so many resources, so much time is being funneled into policing the reactions of us and our neighbors who are just trying to live through Chauvin's unconscionable police actions. Like, uh, 
yeah, I guess not surprising, but it just doesn't make any sense. No. And it, I mean, just like the, mo- I, the money of it all. Yeah, it is. And also, okay, that's all the news I have, but I feel like you have some news too. Okay. Well, I mean, I do, but um, I, I, I could go on and on and on about how like the level of righteous anger coursing through my veins and often tear ducts is just oh like <laughs> out of control related to the Aww. state of the world, but particularly the Supreme Court nomination. Like I just, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts and feelings and um just rage about it, but I don't think that we have the time or energy for that. So I will just give it a mention and we can move along. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a different podcast, but also protect your peace, my dear. Yes. I appreciate that. And I need to. Um, And as we wrap up the fat dish, actually, I do think I have one recommendation to share this episode's sponsor. Hey there, maybe you've noticed that we haven't been doing any sponsorship spots this season, and you know, maybe you didn't. It's cool either way. With the pandemic, social unrest, and economic burdens, we decided not to focus on sponsorship this season. However, we are passionate about lifting up businesses and people that we believe in and align with our values. So we're excited to dedicate a little time in this episode to our sponsor, the Rose Academy of Burlesque. You may recall our previous interview with the headmistress, Diva Rose, in season two. If you don't, feel free to give it a listen because it is great. And today we want to share a little bit about the Rose Academy of Burlesque classes, which are all virtual right now, um, and also share a deal that Diva Rose is offering Matter of Fat listeners. We love Diva Rose because she believes that all bodies are burlesque bodies. She says that as an instructor, her goal is to create a positive space where students feel safe and supported by their peers and instructor. Oh, sweet. Uh, And she does that at the Rose Academy where they offer classes, workshops, private lessons, and events for students of all body types, all gender expressions, ages, abilities, and levels of experience. So all types of classes for everyone, including some that you can sign up for by the session and several where you can drop in. She has a lovely studio in Minneapolis and in non-COVID times teaches IRL, but has moved to completely virtual classes right now. Noteworthy for Matter of Fat is that Diva has some burlesque classes dedicated to fat folks exclusively. This upcoming session, which runs October 23rd to December 17th, she's offering beginner burlesque skills for fat babes and also a shorter mini session burlesque crash course, which I love uh, because that class will perform at the annual fat burlesque show that the Rose Academy of Burlesque and Cake co-host each fall. And this year it's virtual. Oh, that's so much fun. I loved it last year. Um, Okay, and these drop-in classes, you can sign up for the session or just pop in when you can. There are four drop-in classes happening this session taught by Diva and one by another instructor, Phoenix De La Rosa. One that I would especially love to highlight is Diva's Mindful Stretch class. Uh, That'll be Sunday nights in this upcoming session. I'm actually in this class right now. I love a good stretching class, and I especially love how Diva is really good at like offering lots of ways to do different stretches based on your capabilities or even just like based on what feels right that day. It's very chill, but also structured, so you can get some really good, relaxing stretching in. Oh, that sounds lovely. And you know what else is quite lovely? A discount code. Yes, we're excited to share that our Matter of Fat audience members can use our code MOF for a free drop-in class at the Rose Academy of Burlesque. So you could do that fab stretching class I just mentioned or any of the other more burlesque-focused offerings. 
Visit www.roseacademyofburlesque.com and use code MOF for a free drop-in class. You'll need to use this between now and the end of 2020. And honestly, what is stopping you? It is now. Now is the time. Now's the time. Go do it. Do it. Enjoy it. (laughs) We love you, Diva. We love you. We love you. While we're at it, we'd love to share a little more info about what we're working on with sponsorship and growth here at Matter of Fat and how you can help. Well, first, I think we should share the most exciting part of all of this. Okay, I know we made a super sexy audience survey, but is that is that what you're talking about? The most exciting thing? Y- yeah, it, that's ex- exciting and I guess sexy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean... I'd have to say the most exciting part of this is that we've decided that we're going to do season four. Yes. Yeah. We decided that we'll be ending this season in December and then we'll come back in 2021 for season four of Matter of Fat. Yeah. We're really happy about this decision and may share more as the season comes to an end. But you heard it here first. We're going to be back, baby. So because we know we'll be here another year, we're working now to gather info that will help us grow both our audience and hopefully get some funding for the pod. That's for you and this super sexy cat's work, hey. not mine, <laughs> survey coming. We've put together another listener survey with the help of Matter Fat assistant Erin. So our main goals for this survey are to gain insights about reaching a new audience and new audience members and collect info to support future sponsorship. We're also interested in getting feedback from you about this season and our social media presence and understanding more about who's listening to our pod or consuming our podcast. Many of you took a survey earlier this year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And this one is also a way for us to kind of dive deeper on some of those responses. It's a pretty quick survey and no answers are required. We're really just interested in anything you have to share. And we've got incentives. Uh, Tell the people what they can win, Soraya. Okay, buckle up. And also, you should be buckled if you're listening in the car. So, like, (laughs) all right. Anyways, buckle up. This is a two-parter. Oh, yeah. First, the first 30 people to take the survey and share their email will get some matter-of-fact swag snail mail to them. Woo, we're out here saving the postal service, y'all. And everyone who takes the survey and shares contact information will be entered into a raffle to win one of what we're calling Choose Your Own Matter of Fat Adventure Prizes. You'll get to choose from things like getting to appear in our outro on an episode, choosing a dirt and discourse topic for us, or a personalized media recommendation from yours truly. Amazing. Uh, Plus, everyone who takes the survey and leaves their Instagram handle will get a shout out on our Instagram story. Oh, so good. To take the survey, head over to our website or click the direct link in the episode show notes. Thank you. Thank you in advance. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks, babies. Someone has truly been watching Shit's Creek. Baby. <laughs> I can't even okay, do it. Okay, Moira. So <laughs> You've been on the edge of your seat waiting for this interview. Well, you've made it. And I'm excited about this interview for a number of reasons. First, 
The pandemic has definitely presented a number of restrictions for all of us, matter of fact included. However, something we've tried to imbue into the season is the opportunity for creativity and connection in light of these challenges. With that in mind, we are so excited to share our interview with Show My More, who is currently based in Chicago, Midwest represent. Woo! It was so great to use our remote recording process to talk to Shomai. I don't know about what all of your excitements were for this interview, Soraya, but one of mine was related to something I brought up earlier. Like, it's so fun to switch the interviewer, interviewee roles. Um, We got to do that a little bit with Shomai because not only is she a traveling burlesque performer, but she produces and hosts her own podcast, The Pasty Tapes, which is a podcast dedicated to burlesque origin stories. Yeah, I first saw Shomai perform at Take It Off, Cake Plus Size, Resale, and Rose Academy of Burlesque's Fat Burlesque Review last year and was just so excited to talk to her. Shomai, we're so happy you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We want to start off our interview how we always do. Will you tell us your story as a matter of fat? Okay, I was thinking about this a lot yesterday. And then last night, I had a dream that I was younger and I was being made fun of for being fat. No. I know. So I don't know what that means subconscious wise, but that's a thing, I guess. Uh, okay. So my story, a matter of fat, I've been fat my whole life. I feel like I've been fat my whole life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe when I was little, little, It was like, oh, she's so small, she needs to eat or whatever. And then I just became fat. And a lot of my growing up, I was very aware of that, kind of in maybe the negative sense that a lot of fat babes also experience, you know, whether it's like, okay, well, I'm bigger than the rest of my peewee basketball team or whatever, Mm -hmm. or You know, when I was one of my core memories is my aunt, who we don't talk to anymore. I was really little. Uh, We were at her house and there was a family barbecue and she's like, you need to eat, you need to eat, which is very common in Filipino culture, of course. And if you're hosting people and then, you know, as I'm loading up my plate, like little, you know, fat, like first grader me, she's like, and this is why they're fat. Mm. And I was like, oh, and that's like one of those weird things that I remember so distinctly. Yeah. But, you know, you're a kid. Like, there's nothing you can do about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up, especially, like, as a teenager and through college and stuff, dieting a lot or at least taking it as a challenge. Like, it was a thing that I needed to do. And I love trying out new things. And so it's like, okay, like, I'm going to try, I don't know, 21 whatever. Or I'm going to eat shakes for breakfast only. Mm -hmm. And it was awful. And I hated it. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Like, this is what it is. And I love it. And also I've spent a lot of time like curating my closet for this Mm -hmm. like fat body that I have. And if I lost weight, then I have to buy new clothes and I don't want to do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I, yeah. And then I just kind of let all of that go. And the more I met fat people and the more that I realized it was okay to be fat and how much we're taught that it's not. I accepted my body. I started to take more risks like fashion wise and like life choice wise and, you know, starting to 
make sure and shift that mindset of like healthy doesn't mean skinny. And I think that's like a really hard thing, I think, to think about. But I realized that, right? Like healthy isn't skinny or whatever. Like I've always Mm -hmm. been athletic or active and blah, blah, blah. But I've also always been fat and also have always been like checking off all the boxes at my doctor's office or whatever. And so then I realized I was fine. And I got a little sad when I realized like how much of my youth and teen years and everything was spent worrying about being fat when the whole time like I was incredibly fabulous and I'm still incredibly fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that was really liberating. And also, you know, I got a lot of time and energy back by like accepting and valuing like that this is my body and, you know, that's that. Yeah, that's perfect. It's interesting, though, that cognitive dissonance where, like you said, first you realized, oh, but if I if I lose all this weight, I have to start over with my fashion choices and then getting to know more people, just having that dissonance be confronted. It just it's quite a process for you. Like, how has. I'm just like leading into the next question. So I guess I I could give some context for our audience members. So we know you from last year's Take It Off, which is a fat burlesque review put on by the Rose Academy of Burlesque and Cake Plus Size Resale. And like earlier last year, you were voted the fourth most influential burlesque performer in the world in 21st Century Burlesque Magazine's Top 50. Congratulations for that. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious like how does your experience as like a fat person engaging in burlesque like what does that look like or just like we'd love to hear more about your experience as a fat burlesque performer yeah or just like how how does your how does burlesque fit into your story as a matter of fat like you shared having all of these like awakenings like when does burlesque become part of that Mm -hmm. I think burlesque is how I don't know is this the right phrase like pedal to the metal like I've put the foot on the gas or whatever (laughs) in terms of yeah um in terms of being a fat person I think and accepting that I'm a fat person and celebrating that I think I was already kind of on that journey like when I found I started doing burlesque by taking classes when I lived in Nashville about five or six years ago now um at that phase in my life I was unhealthily obsessed with exercise, Mm. which in itself is its own problem. And I also had a terrible day job. And so, you know, my way of not working until 9 p.m. was to stack up a bunch of workout classes. Mm. And then one day on my lunch break, I saw a poster that said a different kind of daily grind. And on it was a bunch of women, you know, conventionally attractive, you know, usually like on the smaller sides on this poster um, that's at a different kind of daily grind for delinquent debutantes, which is a burlesque studio in Nashville. But in the center was the headmistress and her name is Freya West. And she is this beautiful, curvy hourglass, you know, really beautiful woman. And she was right there front and center in really tight short shorts and a crop top. And you could see her curves and you can see her belly. And I was like, wait a second. Like, if she's on that, on a poster in Nashville, Tennessee, which, you know, at the time, right, tight shorts and a crop top was like 
oh, wow, I, that's that's not a lot of clothes, which is hilarious mm-hmm. in hindsight. But it's like, if she <laughs> could be dressed like that on a poster, then like, I should check out that class. Yeah. And so, yeah. So stepping into delinquent debutantes in Nashville, behind that pink door at the studio, I was very fortunate that one of my first examples of burlesque was Freya West. And I think one of the other instructors there um, Dolly Boots was also a plus size woman. And there were other people of all these different sizes in my burlesque class. And I was like, okay, so I've been killing it, killing myself in all these spin classes and all of these, you know, like CrossFit classes to try to be able to one day wear this blah, blah, blah. And then I'm in a studio where all these people are moving and having fun and sweating while looking fabulous and wearing tiny clothes that I thought I could never wear. Like, okay, sign me up. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of just stuck. And I think through burlesque, like that's where my idea of a fat community or the fact that there are glamorous, beautiful fat people who are, can do splits, who can do all these things like that they existed and how important they are. And I think one of my big like motivating factors and one of the things that kept driving me to continue to dive into burlesque was having that aha moment that these people existed, but there needs to be more of us. Mm. You know, like I'd never at the time, like I'd never seen a fat Asian burlesque performer. And well, I'm fat and I'm Asian. I need to be that fat Asian burlesque performer. And as I think people are exposed to burlesque, right? You think about like what's missing or what you're not seeing a lot of. And for me, it's like, okay, then I need to be that thing. I need to be that thing for someone else. And my fat experience or my experience as a fat burlesque performer has kind of been that kind of cycle, I guess, where I get my eyes on other fat performers and then new performers or people in the audience get their eyes on other like beautiful fat people and they see themselves in that and it's beautiful and inspiring and I think you know I'm very motivated by that and then an audience member or maybe someone who is still on their fat acceptance journey for themselves witness that and you know maybe that changes something for them. Hmm. That's so powerful. And so that I, um, not necessarily for burlesque, like from my experiences, but I just think like, that's how we get to where we are. We see other fat people living life, doing the thing. And that like becomes who I think it was Jessamyn Stanley who said this, like you just being yourself can be sort of an accidental inspiration for someone else, you know? Um, oh, and it's just so beautiful. Totally. Yeah. And living your life, but so joyfully. And you said like the glamour of it too. So I was listening to an episode of your podcast, uh, The Pasty Tapes, and you were interviewing Ophelia Zena Hart. And I think at one point there was the question that came up. It's like, oh, people don't want to see fat people performing. And then that just became such a fallacy and it was blown out of the water. I'm curious to just kind of lead into this. It's, it's like very fun to hear about your burlesque origin story, um, like especially because you do have this podcast where you talk with these performers and industry folks about their origin stories. But like what's the most exciting and fulfilling part of creating your show? I love, love, love doing the Pacey Tapes. It is so wonderful. And my favorite part of doing the show is being able to hear from other performers. You know, I 
am new. I think I'm still pretty new in the burlesque scene. Like, even though, you know, I've voted where I'm at, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I've been where I've been. But, you know, I've been on stage as a performer for two years. And I think my favorite thing about having this podcast is that I'm able to learn from people by just asking questions. Mm -hmm. I'm able to ask people what are their aha moments or how did they do this thing or how did they handle that? I'm able to I think it's like a nice cover for being able to ask nosy questions that you probably like otherwise wouldn't be able to discuss <laughs> in polite situations. And yeah, I think that's, I think being able to learn and hear from other performers that I really look up to or hear about other people's experience, whether that is a performer of color or a fellow fat performer, being able to hear that is so incredible. And then being able to share that with other people who maybe haven't thought about those things, or maybe we're feeling alone in whatever, you know, whatever it was, and then they hear about this other person's experience. And then I think, you know, you're not that alone, or it's an interesting perspective, or, you know, we all learn something from it. And that's just it, like, you get to create this and have the excuse to ask these nosy questions and learn for them <laughs> from them. But then so does everybody else who listens. And that's just like, I think one of the most beautiful parts of a podcast, right? Like we get to have this conversation here and also it's, it's, it's saved. So like folks um, outside of, you know, the three of us right now can listen to this and learn um, from what we're sharing too. So, oh, I just, yeah. I mean, we, I think we have like a lot of mutual admiration for fellow podcasters. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yes. 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 That's true. So, okay, we are in the midst of a pandemic. It is requiring everything to change up. Um, and one of those things, of course, is performing. So we're interested to know, like, what has that looked like for you? And kind of for the folks who are, um, you know, listening in or taking part in, um, you know, this podcast after we record, what are some things that they can do and that we can do to support performers, uh, especially right now? Okay, at the start of pandemic times, you know, as we were trying to figure out what's happening, all of that, um, one of my big frustrations, we're going to start with like a frustration and then Go we'll get into it. happy Go stuff. Okay, <laughs> one of my biggest frustrations, and I made a post about this and then it got like, you know, a thousand shares and then I ended up with like okay. a bajillion friends requests and it was very like strange, but grateful. <laughs> one of my big frustrations was the fact that in the way that burlesque has shifted, right? We don't have in-person shows, so people are doing digital shows. Mm -hmm. In that setting, you can hire literally anyone in the world. Anyone. Literally anyone, right? We're not bound by time zones for the most part or venues or how much is it going to cost to fly there. You can hire anyone. Anyone. And yeah. And what I was seeing was that it was the same old, same old, right? Like you can hire anyone and yet you still have an all thin cast or you still have mm -hmm. an all thin white cast Ugh. or, or, or. And that was really, really frustrating. And I hated it, period. Right. <laughs> of course, it sucks. But it was really, I took a moment to make a you know, and a, a post where I say my truth and I called that out. And, you know, I think, I think we're starting to see, or as time went on, you know, you're starting to see more body diversity, like in digital shows. And I hope that that continues. Um, I think that's like a really good learning moment for burlesque. And 
and that's something that I think and not just think like we must continue that as yeah. an industry as an art form once you know we snap back into in-person performances or you know as long as we're doing digital shows you can hire literally anyone so hire a fat person right you're not bound by well the venue doesn't like this or you know well we know this we know the audience in this particular neighborhood like that's not they're not going to respond well to a fat body. Well, like you don't know who's going to show up to your digital show. So why are you denying a fat performer that opportunity? Mm -hmm. And so that was really tough. Um, I did a couple digital shows, which I loved. I had a really good time with, but I realized at least for me personally, it wasn't my strong suit. I didn't have the energy to keep learning video editing or, you know, clean my apartment to make a beautiful backdrop. (laughs) But I've been seeing some really interesting, um, interesting stuff. I know Diva Rose has a show coming up, which I'm really excited to watch. I think it's for her 30th birthday. Yeah, her birthday show. Yes, I'm so excited for that great lineup. Um, Yeah, and so I think the way that, audience members can support performers during this weird time is, you know, if there is a digital show that you want to watch, buy that ticket, send that Venmo tip. There's lots of great things that are happening. Definitely keep your ear to the ground, or I guess your eyes to the Facebook and see what's happening. I love that. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, you can listen to old episodes of the Pacey Tapes. I'm working on the next season. So that's what I'm working on. But Overall, you know, a lot of performers have continued to hustle. They shifted their hustle to doing online shows, teaching online classes, selling merch. There's definitely ways to stay connected with performers during this time. And then, you know, just other small free things like their Instagram posts, you know, share their Instagram or social media stuff. It goes a long way and we love to see it. That's great. And, you know, it it feels like similar to what you shared about like, hey, these are virtual, so, like, you can hire anyone. Well, also, like, these are virtual, so anyone can go. You know, like, I'm not bound by, like, you know, just attending shows that are here in the Twin Cities. Like, I could tune into something anywhere because of, like, the virtual nature of these things right now. And that feels really special, too. Exactly. That's a really good point, Kat, because one way the pandemic has changed things up for us is that we're now recording remotely as well, rather than in studio, which allows us to more easily interview folks like you who are in the Midwest, but not based in the Twin Cities or just passing through. You're in Chicago. So we have to ask, what's the fat community like in the Chicago area? Okay, I love Chicago. I will admit, though, that I don't really know that much about the fat community out here in Chicago. Um, I'd say that most of my fat community and the way that I think about fat community is pretty heavily rooted and influenced in burlesque and the fat performers and fat babes that I encounter through burlesque. So my personal fat community is, I guess we can like cheat and say that it's international by default, (laughs) which I love. Um, But yeah, that's something... That's something like fat community in Chicago is something that I would love to learn more about. Like if there's something cool happening once, you know, cool things can happen again. Um, please, any fat babe in Chicago listening to this, uh, hit me up. Oh, I love that. Like growing the community right here over the airwaves, over the Wi-Fi connections. Um, <laughs> 
I think that's really interesting though. So you are part of an international like fat community. I'm curious, how does your location in Chicago in the Midwest kind of influence your act or your like uh, membership in that community? I think I'm someone who's super rooted in internet, I guess. And so a lot of my feelings of fat community are you know, based in being able to connect with people through social media or through Facebook Mm -hmm. or something like that. I think the beauty of the Midwest, though, is how easy it is to get to places, right? Like I'm only, what, five hours from y'all in Minneapolis. I'm seven from Nashville, right? It's like an easy five-hour drive in any direction and you're in like another city. And so Mm -hmm. I think the way that the Midwest has influenced me is more in terms of by way that I'm able to expand this like national international network of meeting other fat people. Mm. Um, At heart, uh, I am a California girl. I'm originally from California. And so I'm a Midwest transplant. Um, I think in terms of like who show my more is and all of that, I don't really feel like she's that Midwestern, even though, you know, she's, from Chicago or like, you know, Shomai is based in Chicago. It's sure. weird that I'm talking about myself in the third person, but that's what I just did. Oops. <laughs> but I love, I love being in the Midwest. I think, I think everyone, you know, is very lovely. I think it's easy to, again, it's easy to get places and explore places and meet other fat folks or be able to attend an event like Take It Off or hear about a really cool plus size resale shop in Minneapolis, right? It's, things that you're able to hear about because, you know, this region feels so close, Mm. I think. That's a great point. It does feel very like, I don't know, in some ways it does feel very, very connected. Now the time has come for us to check in about how people can find you. Where can we find you on social media? How can we support you? You can find me all across the internet. I am at Show my more on everything. That's S I O M A I M O O R E. I love Instagram. I'm there the most. And you can also visit my website, showmymore.com. And I also have my own podcast. It is all about burlesque and it's called The Pasty Tapes. And you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. We'll link all of that in the show notes. Cannot wait for our folks to check you out. Uh, And of course, we have to thank you for telling us your story as As a matter of fact. We loved talking with Shomai. If you loved our conversation, please be sure to follow her on the internet and check out out her podcast, The Pasty Tapes. Uh, Next up, we have a very wild Dirt and and Discourse. It's time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. So do y'all remember Rachel, who I mentioned earlier? Okay, y'all better remember Rachel, fellow award-winning alum. (laughs) We'll fight you if you don't. No. (laughs) Yes, one and the same. We won't fight you. Um, So a few weeks back, 
Rachel asked me what I knew about Fat Bear Week, and I was a little cautious in my response because one, I didn't know what Fat Bear Week was, and two, I assumed it was about gay bears, and I was very curious about what I should know about that, and fortunately, Rachel clarified it for me very quickly. It's freaking bears! (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) Every year, Katmai National Park in Alaska hosts a single elimination bracket tournament celebrating the success of the bears in preparation for hibernation. Rachel is the best for bringing this to my attention, and it has given us some food for thought for the dirt and discourse. Okay, so first it's just, like, very cute. They show all of the bears, and then they provide little information sets on all of them, such as the winner for this year is number 747, who is, and this is quoted from their bio, uh, a very large adult male with wide-set peg-like ears and a blocky muzzle. (laughs) In early summer, his reddish-brown fur sheds into a patchy manner. Or is sheds in a patchy manner. In late summer and fall, he is typically very fat with a low hanging belly and uniformly dark brown fur. <laughs> I mean, shout out to 747. You did it, buddy. Oh, it's so cute. And it's such a good way to get the public to engage with learning about, I mean, well, freaking bears. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, they have the only before and after photos I ever want to see. They'll show each bear as they come out of hibernation and how much they bulk up prior to hibernation. It's just, it's so unusual to see fatness be glorified like this. And they're really talking about fatness as success. And I think that's what has gotten so many people's attention. It feels kind of clickbaity, but it's also educational. Um, okay. Okay. Props to the writers <laughs> who crafted this winning announcement. So let me let me read you Talk something. wild. Okay. Lardacious Leviathan levels Chunky Challenger. The votes are in. You've crowned the Earl of Avoir du Poix. I don't know what I'm saying. I just look, look it up, I guess. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the reading. Bear 747, the 2020 Fat Bear Week champion. 747's voluminous visage eclipsed 32's chunky chassis. No longer the runner-up, 747 fulfills the fate of the fat and fabulous as he heads off to hibernation. I mean, chef's kiss, alliteration. Did we write this, cat? I mean, I with, don't understand. with help of a very intense thesaurus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I just, it's just so explicitly fat and it's fun and like kind of wild to hear this because like, I don't know, while we can look to this as kind of a normal and natural process for these animals, it just feels so opposite to what we'd ever hear about people. Although I will say an exception is that series alone. That was like the first time I ever heard people talking about how body fat was an asset to them for their survival. Okay. Say more. I haven't seen it, but I've definitely heard people talk about it. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. There's one season of this series uh, called Alone on Netflix. Uh, It's like a reality kind of competition. And it really sucked me in. Very, like, strangely captivating. So basically, folks who are, like, trained in wilderness survival, they get dropped off somewhere remote um, separately. Uh, The season I watched, they were all in northern Canada. Uh, they're alone with like a, just a few supplies and it's basically a test to see who can survive the longest in the woods. They have a satellite phone to call if they need to like tap out or if there's an emergency. Um, and then they're visited weekly by a doctor who checks their vitals and assesses their loss of body mass. That's like very hardcore. That's yeah. like too much for me. Well, and it's just like fascinating 
for me to hear the contestants talk about body fat specifically is like such mm. an asset. So one of the best guys, I mean, an amazing hunter, super smart, so so strategic. He mentioned several times how he was really behind the other contestants simply because he just like didn't have a lot of fat in his body. Another contestant talked about how she was really trying to gain as much weight as possible in preparation for the competition. It was just like, I don't know, probably not something I'm going to see myself watching season after season, but (laughs) the specific way that body fat was talked about so positively and so powerfully really jumped out at me. That's what really gotten to me about this. So like other than our recent Minnesota about why our lives are better because we're fat, you know, no one is talking about the good things and then saying fat in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's it's so tied to survival. And okay, I'm going to... I'm going to go back on what I just said, I guess. I do hear positive things about like babies and animals being fat and cute. So why is it that fatness is only occasionally positive in animals and small humans? What's that about? Yeah, because it feels like even in those cases, it's still only to a point. Like, I think we've all seen folks subtly shaming babies that look, you know, quote unquote, too fat. And I don't know about you, but like, To see the weirdly fat shaming comments people make about their foster cats in these like cat Facebook groups, it's just like, (laughs) I know it's just an animal, but I can't read those type of comments without picking up on some fat phobia between the lines. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So like, I'm not a vet or a parent, but please be nice to your pets and babies. Just be nice. Please. I also think that this was very smart of Cat Mai because like I said before, it feels clickbaity, but also educational. So like many, many news and media outlets, CNN, NPR, Fox News, are absolutely running this lighthearted, non-political yeah. story and are forced to talk about fatness in such a glowing way. And I, I don't know that we're ready to make the leaps and bounds to fat liberation for people, <laughs> but I feel like it's good practice for them to not write about fatness as the absolute worst thing. I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, but the question of the hour is Fat Bear Week body positive? <laughs> I mean, okay, I don't know if that's actually part of the explicit messaging on the part of Cat Mai, but it was definitely brought up in a podcast I listened to about this and some of the articles. Um, okay, that's, I, I didn't listen to that podcast, but I don't think it is body positive, no. <laughs> only because I think, like, Frickin' bears get to opt out of the systemic fat phobia that we've created for mm-hmm. ourselves. I don't, I don't think I don't think it works there. So... Also, that's just like not a sentence I ever thought I would say in this lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. You know, I think like it's very cute and incredibly wholesome and to your point, educational. But I do feel like it's sort of a reach to call this body positive or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe this is what body positivity has come to. And it's like this watered down that that kind of connection makes sense. Oof, duh. (laughs) it's frickin bears frickin bears (laughs) you've done it you've made it to the end of another episode my friends i loved it uh before we go we have a few fun reminders and updates perhaps the most important reminders Please vote and please wear masks. Okay, truly two of the most pressing things. Um, But what else? 
Okay, we hope you'll join us for, as I previously described, our super fun (laughs) and super interesting podluck on Thursday, October 29th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. CST. Find more info in RSVP on our website, www.matteroffatpod.com. While you're over on our website, be sure to click over to our survey. The sexy survey. It's very Um, sexy. Type form is. It's very sexy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll also find show notes, transcripts, info about Matter of Fat, access to older episodes, and more on our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you catch Matter of Fat. Of course. Big, big thanks to our sponsor, the Rose Academy of Burlesque. Reminder that you can use the code MOF for a free drop-in virtual class between now and the end of 2020. And thanks to all of you. Um, And thank you in advance for doing our audience survey. Okay, thank you. We love you. Goodbye. (laughs) Until next time when we're back with another episode of Matter Matter of Fact. Fact.